Usually, when you hear about the south side of Chicago, it's something like this. Picture a no-man's land with broken windows, dark abandoned buildings, no law and order. For folks trapped in bad Chicago neighborhoods, you guys have got to speak out. You have to march, you have to demonstrate, you have to protest. Bill O'Reilly, he would know. Yeah, yeah. But you know, guys, that's just a small piece of a very large pie. You know what you won't hear? People who actually live on the south side. I live on 66 and King Drive. Auburn Gresham. I'm from Inglewood, man. I live on Morgan. People who work on the south side. Hairstylers and barbers don't get enough credit for what they do in the hood. And people like me who wouldn't want to be from anywhere else. I don't know. I can go anywhere in the world and I come back here and I feel like I'm at home. This is my home. I, I was born on the south side. I was raised on the south side. Everybody stick together like we in the land. Because it ain't no side like the south side. On the south side. South side. South side. From WBEZ Chicago. And by the way, that music is not... Not clearable. It's not clearable. I just made it up. <laughs> From WBEZ Chicago and Comedy Central, this is Southside Stories. I'm Bashir Sawafdeen. And I'm Diallo Riddle. Welcome to the first episode of this podcast. Hey, hey! We are the creators and executive producers of the TV show, Southside. We also act on the show, too. Now listen, if you're not familiar with Southside... You can correct that. That's it comes right. on Wednesday nights. Listen, Wednesday nights on Comedy Central. And it's a rare thing. It's a comedy about the South Side of Chicago where people actually get to be themselves. Yes, people on the South Side are happy. We're joyful. I'm from there. You know, Auburn, Gresham, and South Shore. We take care of each other. It's one of the reasons we wanted to do this show is to show the world who we really are. And to have the South Side speak for itself. Many of our actors are actually not even uh, professionals. They're just hilarious people we know. Now, this podcast is a little different from your typical TV podcast. We are not, you know, D, we're just not going to do a recap of the show. No, no, no. You're going to have to watch the show to know what happened. Exactly. We're not going to be talking about how the show got made. This will not be a two-hour discussion about lighting or this shot That's right. All you that cinematographical enthusiasts Listen, out there. Listen, go to film school, you long-haired hippie. This That's is right. not what this show's about. If you're listening, <laughs> and, and at this point you might be wondering why you're listening, I'm going to tell you what we By have By the way, to we are an about. NPR uh, station, I believe, right? So all the long-haired hippies, we know you're listening. We love yeah, you guys. We actually, <laughs> we, love, we appreciate the way you... you- long-haired hippies are keeping this station alive. You keep it on the <laughs> air, and we love you. Uh, like we said, we just wanted to do a show that shows people how we love and how we laugh and how we like to have fun on the South Side. That's true. You know, every time I come home uh, to the South Side of Chicago, I mean, that really inspired the show. Now, I've been to your home, Diallo's from Atlanta, uh, and you've been in Chicago, you know, it's a similar kind of vibe. It's a similar kind of joy. It's really yeah. sort of the urban inner city black experience, which is our experience growing up. And, you know, Chicago and the South Side are home to some of the funniest people. Just funny. You'd ever meet. And they're not comedians. They're just, like we said, they're just everyday people, you know, uh, the bus driver, <laughs> the hairstylist, your favorite cousin, your least favorite cousin, long haired hippies. Uh, we're going to introduce you to some of the people and places on the South Side and let you get to know them. In their own words. So to do this, we gathered four of Chicago's funniest comedians and, and a very special guest. We won't <laughs> reveal who just yet. <laughs> um, to hit the streets of the South Side and, and be our correspondents in the field. Over mm-hmm. the next few weeks, you'll hear them on the block, on the porch, on the stoop, at the lounge, on the L. Um, what, what have I left out? No, I like that you said L. 
When I was uh, growing up, I used to think that L was Spanish for El Tren. <laughs> and then I was I was disabused, and somebody told me it was elevated. Clearly, public school Spanish has failed you. <laughs> El Tren. <laughs> that's not, the, that's not that's Spanish the for train. train. That's not Spanish for anyway, train. Uh, anyway, our correspondents went all over the city. We asked them to just really trespass as much as humanly possible. <laughs> and, you know, and, and get the story. A, that's true. That's true. Hopefully they didn't come back with any fake news. Just, you know, no. like just real people, real places and real talk. There it is. Now on the show, our two main characters, Simon and Kareem, uh, they work at a rent to own type of store. It's called RTL. How long has Michael Shaw had that Xbox? He had an Xbox for two years. Oh, wow. Simon, I want you and Kay to go and get it back from him without any protection. And if you're not familiar with what rent-to-own is and what that business model is, it, it, it goes a little something like this. Say you wanted to buy a TV. And say that instead of, of paying full price up front for that TV, you only paid uh, 20 bucks, and you agreed to pay a monthly fee until it's paid off, and it's all yours. Simple, right? Yeah, in theory. But then It's what, like a mortgage. But what if the rental time turns into months and mm-hmm. months and months and months, and on top of that, $20 every month, you got to pay a ton of interest. Like it, it just, yeah. it's, it's predatory. Oh, and don't even get started when people miss payments because, again, the people who often use these businesses are the people whose work situations fluctuate. So missing payments is absolutely something that happens. There's one store in particular that is sort of like the McDonald's of Rent-A-Own, mm. and, uh, and it's called Renaissance. Renaissance. It's not yeah. exclusive to Chicago. We had them in Atlanta. Yeah. Seen them all over the place. Uh, Quincy, who plays Q, on uh, Southside, worked there for about 10 or 15 years. In fact, as we were developing our show, uh, Q actually would take us on the Rent-A-Center route. We found the Rent-A-Center stories that we came across really interesting, and we were lucky enough to find someone with plenty of Rent-A-Center stories of her own, uh, comedian Just Niche. The pride of Inglewood, Just Niche! Thank you, thank you. What an intro. The pride of Inglewood. That's the first time I heard that shit, right? <laughs> you know, I gotta say, Nish is Southside through. Oh, through. she's Southside as hell. And she's funny. She's so funny. Yeah, Listen, yeah, yeah. She went out to a neighborhood called South Shore. For those not familiar, uh, you know, it's just a few miles south of actually where the Obamas no, live. No, no, where do the Obamas Park. live? They're up in Hyde Park. Yeah. Anyway, without any further ado, take it away, Nish. All right, this is comedian Just Niche. We are getting right into it. And as an avid Renaissance customer myself, I have a little bit of background and experience dealing with rent to own furniture. My mother was a Renaissance queen as well. Every piece of furniture in our home was from Renaissance at one point. I think she was almost addicted. And with that being said, she also, um, I don't know if it was because my brother worked at Renaissance that she got so much furniture or that he ended up working at Renaissance because she had so much furniture. But we will definitely get into that because I have with me today my brother and former Renaissance employee, Laron, is in the building. Yo, yo. We are live in front of Renaissance, 71st and Jeffrey. East Side is what it is. Well, they say over east. There's really no east side of Chicago. Yeah, they call it over east, east side crazy. Why do you think Renaissance was so popular? Well, conveniency, basically at the time when Renaissance was in, was real big. It's like you could not go anywhere and pay $20, $30 and have something delivered to you for free the next day. It was very affordable if you stick to your 90 days. 
Famous Cash. Can you break that down, how the payments work? All right, what we had was two different prices Renda Center set up. They had a cash price and they had a total cost. The cash price is what they allowed you to pay off within a 90-day pay period. And if not, you were not able to pay that amount off within the 90 days. What the total price was, the length of the contract. And at any time, you could give it back? Correct. Okay, but what if you don't want to give it back and you don't want to pay it? Now well, what? Well, <laughs> like you say, depending on that, we ask you to return it. Sometimes you had customers that had no problem just returning merchandise, letting you come in and pick it up. You had the customers that you had to go constantly to their house, not ring their doorbell, knock on their door, mm-hmm. leave uh, to tags. Yeah. Uh, some customers, you had to go to their job at some point. So, you know, hey, I'm trying to reach you regarding this account and yeah, this and that. That's a little embarrassing, too. Your rent a truck pull up in front of your Man, job. Yes, it was. <laughs> uh, people worked at schools, hospitals. So when you showed about people's job, would they usually just pay or they just say? Oh, no. Nah. Oh, some hide in the back. Some tell their managers, <laughs> tell them I ain't here. Uh, some of them even tell you that. They'll be like, don't come to my job. they get mad and upset, you know, mm. things of that nature. And then sometimes you may have to, you know, do a little embarrassment, you know. Mm. You try not to, but sometimes you have to do it. Money or merch. That money was or merch. That was our uh, slogan when you left out the door on a Saturday morning. They don't got no money, bring back their merchandise. I know when you go in and take people's furniture, they get angry. Were there ever any physical altercations? We had nah, to I, no, I never had no physical altercations. Now, you had people that did want to threaten you and say, I oh, don't come to my house, I'll shoot you or things of that nature. But, <laughs> that is dangerous for some furniture. But as most part, you That's know, a tough job. and the mindset is like, you're going to shoot me because you can't pay a bill. Right. You know, for the most part. So it's just depending on that, try to scare certain people and intimidate but usually like you say we grew up south side inglewood yeah it ain't much intimidating you could do yeah Yeah, it's a lot of smoke over there so bullets was everywhere when i grew up so Uh, (laughs) (laughs) so that was no no threat to you one customer one time this young lady had a rented a laptop from us her and her mother was long time uh, customers for us for a long time and a young lady, her daughter, came and got a laptop. Now, she came and got the laptop, and she was paying on Next thing you know, she just get MIA. We just didn't hear nothing from her. Now, what we did, because we, we are in such a big mall area, her mother would constantly walk past. So one day I was just sitting out. Past this store? Yeah. So I was just sitting outside on break, and she happened to mother start walk past. <laughs> we speaking and everything. And I said, you know, actually, you spoke to your daughter and everything. She said, oh, uh, yeah. I said, you know, about the laptop. Now, the funny part was, the lady had the laptop with her. <laughs> So I'm like, well, you know, man, yeah, the return, or at least return to me and tell your daughter to come up here and come talk to us to see what's going on. And she was like, well, you know, nah, this and that. So she started trying to run off with the merchandise, just like try to take off running. Well, you know, I ended up getting arrested for harassment, <laughs> basically, because uh, I shouldn't have been following her, they okay. say. Have you ever felt bad about taking somebody's furniture? Yes, I have. I have also a lot of customers I didn't dealt with doing this for a long time. When you talk to a customer on a weekly basis, on a bi-weekly basis, you know, you talk to them a little bit more. You talk to your friends. Right. And you ain't actually see a lot of things going on where they people lose family members. They mm-hmm. lose their jobs. They right. do a lot of things that will change their whole household. I had one lady, she lost a job around Christmas. And here it is. We got to go on Christmas and pick oh, up and a furniture, furniture and stuff like that. And, and eventually, you know. If it would be like, you don't want to pick it up, you don't want to return it, but, you know, at this point, you can't do nothing else for them. Money or merch. Yep. I remember you used to come home and tell us, now you just be like, that's too much to be Man, it, at a furniture. It, it, that's it, too much to be dealing with furniture. I'm not going to go through all that every day. Yeah, it was definitely, it wasn't just a job. It was an adventure. I love the word uh, finna, by the way. It's such a great Midwest word. I know we use it everywhere, but finna, a.k.a. fixin' to. Fixin' to. About to. Yeah. Shall, another, another, shall begin. 
in his accent, I hear. Oh, it's so Chicago. It's so Chicago, but I was going to say it sounds like some cats I know from Atlanta, and it's important well, to point think... out that like a lot of black people in Chicago, thanks to the great migrations, uh, they they have Almost family. All actually, yeah, they they have a lot of family in the South. So it's really interesting to hear them. You know, even as he was doing that job, to talk about the predatory practice. And again, I think one thing we really try to but do. He was on... also like part of it. Like he was like, yeah, yeah. You know, I ran into her in the mall, and I was like, oh yeah, about that laptop. I see that yeah. laptop's right there. And then he, he couldn't turn it j- off. Then he went to jail over it. Like <laughs> yeah. we have a great line in the first episode where Shaw's like, so when you was a little dude, did you dream of harassing black people for their appliances? Yeah. And I feel like there's a certain level of that. Dude, that it's so eye opening. Um, um, you know, to see that. But also what I loved is like she asked him straight up, was there any violence? He's like, no. And again, that for me is the, is the going against the expectation. Yes, there are people in tough, challenging circumstances who have a lot of pressure. But this idea that, that the answer is always going to be something devastating is just not, not in our city. Well, I, I kind of like Chicago. what he said about like, He was like, <laughs> you're you really going to go to prison furniture. You know, um, so we'll be right back, guys. And we're back. Uh, now, it's not like rent center is the only option folks have for furniture. There are a ton of mom-and-pop shops on the south side, and, you know, they're not as big as rent center They don't have as much of a long reach as rent center And so, you know, I think our TV show pretends that there's one that, you know, is a little bit less aggressive than rent center but there's, t- there's so many of them. Just Niche, along with our producers, James and Bia, went to one of those stores in the original Black Belt of Chicago, Bronzeville. Which is the original name was Brownsville. Actually, they changed it to. Uh, is that true? No, I just made that up. Oh, okay, that's just a couple miles north of where the Obamas lived. Actually, you're like the Google Maps of the South. Side. I can tell you everything in relation to where the Obamas live. <laughs> it's, it's either going to be north or south of where Barack and Michelle are. I I, I totally believe that. <laughs> <laughs> Our producers visited this store called New Age Furniture. It's been in the neighborhood for over 80 years. You don't stay in business that long if customers are missing payments. So they must be doing something right. Yeah. And uh, at New Age, uh, Niche and the crew met this woman, Rosemary Jenkins. A definite OG of the furniture business on the south side. Well, you side. think everybody's an OG. It's my go-to term. Yes, it is. If you walk in the New Age and you meet Rosemary, you're going to end up thinking, well, maybe I do need a bedroom set. Because her personality <laughs> is winning, and she knows how to get that stuff sold. That's the type of skill set that comes from years and years of doing it. And, and honestly, Rosemary has been in this furniture game for as long as both of us have been alive. <laughs> and by the way, even when Niche and Company came to visit her, she did not stop. <laughs> Here we go. Since you just keep being in my face, I'm going to find this bedroom set. We're definitely going to find this bedroom set today. <laughs> We're going double, double duty. Podcast Personally, I think Renaissance Center was a place people with bad credit and just couldn't do no better because they would rent it to anybody. They have it set up where if you don't make your payments, they come back and retrieve the furniture. We don't do that. My brother used to work for Rinna Center. Oh, excuse so. me. What's your brother's name? Leron. Leron, I'm so sorry, but you know, <laughs> you don't work for there. You, no, you, he don't work there no more. Okay, good. <laughs> Look at that one in the window, too, y'all. Yes. I think you would like that. Yeah, cracking. <laughs> she said we cracking. Yes. Okay. You can't say that because then my boss might do a break dance. He likes to break dance. <laughs> we could tell. Here they're a little bit more family orientated. You know, this is the fourth generation of the company. And we started off with people, you know, that wasn't so fortunate to go out and apply for credit. I wasn't here then, but they used to tell me someone would come in and say, My refrigerator went out. They wouldn't have a penny to put down on them. But he trusts them. And they would pay. 
You need a bed too? I got a bed. I got a whole new bedroom set. I had it for a year. What color is it? It's like uh, a brown, like a chocolate, chocolate brown. But it's like this color. My job is not just about selling. It's about my customers, you know, the loyalty of my customers. And I want to make sure that they get the best quality and be satisfied with what they have. Here, we make our people feel very comfortable. Uh, myself, personally, if I have a customer, which I deal with a lot of older people because we have a couple of senior citizen buildings in the back, and I make sure that they understand what's going on with their paperwork before they leave here. And they be like, Rose, I really, you know, don't think I'm slow or anything. I told them I would never think that. I said, but I would prefer you to understand what we're doing. Just like you say, your mom ain't going for that cutie cute stuff yeah. up in there. She want to go in there and relax. But yeah, but it's not comfortable either. So I'm like, some gotta give. If it's gonna look like this, it should at least be comfortable. Hers don't look good or it ain't comfortable. It's just real like cheesy. Well, that's your opinion. She that's everybody's opinion. If you see it, you're gonna be like, you right, it's pretty cheesy. And you've been working with furniture for 20 plus, 30 years, you've been in the furniture business. You'd be like, oh yeah, it's trash. Every day okay, I learn something different. And I try to be really knowledgeable in what I'm selling. And if I don't know something, I just don't say something. I do my research. This is like the blacking. It's like this, but it's brown. We got all that. Oh, this is the same one, ain't it? Oh, and that just, it got lights on the bottom. That shit look terrible. <laughs> look. You see why I told my customer to be on best behavior? <laughs> she forgot for a minute, so forgive her. <laughs> you know, when Jay-Z wrote, I'll sell water to a well. He was probably talking about rosemary. He's talking about rosemary. <laughs> But she probably beat him to the punch. In fact, she probably convinced that will to get a new living room set. There's so much about that that I just love. One thing is I'm reminded of the intelligence of, uh, you know, black colloquial language. I know oftentimes in academic circles, uh, pronunciations are, are seen as somehow bastardizations that are lesser. But for I example, apologize. if she go, that's always you, Dale. You write so many anti-black uh, <laughs> literature <laughs> papers. Not lesser, fewer. Okay. fewer. But for example, she said talking about. For me, it is more efficient than saying talking about. You know, I think one thing that in black colloquial language we often do, particularly Midwest, is we really do eliminate unnecessary consonants. We eliminate unnecessary syllables sometimes. Sometimes we eliminate verbs. When I first went to college, I never forget this, this girl, Christy, was like, Bashir, you don't use verbs. And I was like, well, she's like, uh, you, you say like, where they at? <laughs> like stuff like that. And, and I'll be like, what are you talking about? I speak perfectly well. But no, she she had indicated that I was uh, I was messing up, but I was being more efficient. I was misunderstood, which explains those grades, <laughs> which were not good. You you do need uh, uh, you but do the other thing I was going to say, <laughs> but the other thing I was going to say is you know really what Renaissance Center goes to. I, I know we're talking about challenged communities, and you know folks don't have the same types of, of jobs uh, that pay a lot of money. But this is an American thing. This is a very American. The idea of living beyond your means. I mean, I know sometimes we look at this as a lower income thing or like a black thing. But this is an American thing. The entire country. I mean, literally the mortgage crisis. Uh, everything is about the, the idea is that you don't have to, to be able to afford it. You just have to be able to afford part of it right now. 
Anyway, that's all the time we have for South Side Stories Episode 1. Thank so you, nice just hanging out with you guys. Thank yeah. you, Justin Thank you, Rosemary. Uh, thank you, Diallo. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And just remember, this show is about the South Side. We're going to be breaking it down in ways that the show sort of like opens the door, but then we're going to force that door even more open so that we can uh, examine these topics in detail. Southside Stories is a production of WBEZ Chicago and Comedy Central. I'm Diallo Riddle. And I'm Bashir Salahuddin. The producer is James Edwards, with production support from Bia Medius. The executive producers are Steve Raises and Kevin Dawson. Special thanks to Kellen Parker, Jeremy Westfall, Dara Frank, Michael Blyden, and Brendan Banizek. 